Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. While you're in sunny Florida, be sure to visit... Orlando! Enter into a world of epic adventure. Welcome to Warlando. I'm your host, Adam, and tonight we have our very special guest all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, Mr. Matt Kale. Hello, everybody. Happy to be aboard. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, it's our genuine pleasure. Tonight, we want to talk about being a game master and what type of steps you do to get prepared, to get in the mood. What do you bring with you? What do you do? prepare uh physical things you prepare and bring with you so just yeah explain all that for the next hour matt yeah okay here we go um (laughs) i do gotta say it's very very difficult the the listeners can't see us but it's hard to take you seriously with yoda ears on your headphones (laughs) i'll post a a picture when i when i put this out yeah i I put my these are my old uh splug goblin Mm. pointy ears Oh, Splug. Splug, I miss you. <laughs> oh, Splug. Everybody who played fourth, the first uh, adventure from the uh, red box in Dungeons & Dragons 4th edition, the character Splug was a goblin in that set. So I'm, I'm sure that was a really popular box set, and I'm sure lots of people met Splug in their journeys, and our version of Splug stayed with us all the way to level 20. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Uh, I think we gave cared more about Splug than we actually cared about our own characters. And <laughs> <laughs> everybody's like, "Ah, I'll step in the trap. That's fine. Don't let Splug do it." No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we were in uh, Tomb of Horrors, and I was running the session, and uh, you guys had lowered Splug down on a rope to check on something, and he got trapped, and everybody just lost it. When Splug was trapped by himself. Yep. <laughs> that, that, that session felt more emotional than I think like when my character died. Definitely like. <laughs> <laughs> that was an emotional moment. I can't, like a major character death. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Well done. So I guess um, I should say like we should probably set it up this way maybe. Um, okay. So when I was learning to DM, right, to crash this thing back on course i mean i learned initially from watching you you know so oh, thank you um, yeah whatever good habits or bad habits i had are all your fault um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> what? um but yeah that's like you know i never i guess i should roll it back just a little bit but i had never really played D until i was an adult so i don't have uh you know the same experience i learned a lot of people say which is how i grew up playing first edition and all this stuff i didn't really get introduced to it until um you know well into my 30s uh, so, so I guess I have a little bit of a different spin on it that I only know a little bit of fourth edition and fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the other stuff with the more, I guess, indie game systems or the one-offs or the here and there stuff I've picked up along the way are all sort of in that modern context. So, um, I don't know the old school folks might be a little bit like, well, these young guys don't remember the old days. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think there is a, a, like people I keep reading articles and seeing memes about people gatekeeping D&D and it, it, I don't think it matters what age you come to it. The game's the game and whatever, however you want to play it is the right answer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do guess, I think I missed some of the context a little bit. And so I think I have to 
maybe this gets into it some is I feel like I need to study pretty hard mm-hmm. to like be up to like, uh, you know, like what does it mean when, you know, a white dragon drops in from somewhere like there, that that's a whole wormhole of like context and D and D history. And like, you know, this, you know, understanding like all that different kind of stuff. So, you know, one of the things I would prep is if I know some specific monster is coming like that, then mm-hmm. I mean, I'm definitely sort of reaching into all of my spare minutes. You know, if I've got five minutes on lunch, I'm quick. Let me just quick Google what's yeah. the history of ancient dragons, <laughs> you know, um, and sort of piecing it together, like when I have time um, on the fly and stuff like that. So that's that's sort of one thing I've done is learn to mine my time a little yeah. bit. You know, maybe uh, just find those couple of 10 minutes during the day and like you know, a question pops in your mind. Let me chase that for a minute. And, mm-hmm. You know, um, then I'll make a note to myself or something like that. So do you find yourself doing similar things when you're getting ready? Yeah. The Well, the last game I uh, game master was that we did a one shot uh, Marvel superhero session. Uh, that was like a year ago. And that one, I, I'm so versed in the Marvel canon I had to spend a lot of time I just wanted to get into the nitty gritty of the mechanics because it was a system I hadn't played before and I had to explain it to everybody there who hadn't played it before but it was a a one shot thing I knew we could play it a little loose but I still wanted it to be um a, a challenge and we like and make the mechanics of the game matter uh but I, I can definitely see those those are the main two things uh, that you're either either you know the rules and you're trying to get into the the canon, the the story and all of the lore, or you're you're pretty hopefully you're pretty good with the story you want to tell and you want to really make sure that you're getting the rules right. And then I also then then it would be leftover would be the the acting and getting loose and comfortable and getting rid of the nerves. Those I think would be the probably the the first three that pop into my head as far as like game prep. Yeah. And, and that's a really good point. I think some people sort of overlook that. Um, or at least I've got that impression from as a player, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. people don't um, take the time to, you know, um, I know I'm using acting terminology here, but like warm up your instrument, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually like get into that free flowing space where you feel like you're just, easy and loose and reacting to stuff and not forcing things right. Or uh, yes. rushing and trying to flip around through pages and things like that. Um, and, and I think with that, like I, what I try to do anyway, when we play um, curse of Strahd recently is I try to do that as a group activity a little bit. That's usually at the beginning of the sessions when you'll hear me go like, so what's your character thinking about? We're not started yet, but like, yeah. you know, what, what are you thinking? You know, and let everybody sort of get into it organically. And then hopefully by the time we're actually, you know, the cameras on quote unquote, we're sort of, uh, already into it and just kind of picking it up on the fly. Right. I've really been enjoying that. And that you ask the, someone in the group to give a recap because that forces us to start thinking about, you know, where we were last session and kind of brings our mental bandwidth back to yep. where it should be in the, in the actual game and not the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, that's something too, just to be aware of when you're prepping, um, is, you know, there, as the game master, like nobody else has as crystal clear a view of what's going on as you do. Right. Yeah. But everybody else has their sort of own perception of what they said. And, 
It could be some version of they didn't hear you right or you didn't explain something well, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. or there was just a confusing moment, you know. And those little things, like if you have five or six players at the group, they all sort of come into this yes. like a telephone game and it becomes a mm-hmm. totally different thing. And then you're off and running to the next session. You're like, and people are reacting to things. You're like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like kind of one of those moments. It's it's so true uh, that each person at the table has their own vision of what's actually happening, of what's actually taking place. And when that, when that crystallizes and when everything kind of gels together, becomes one thing, that's such a magical experience. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel it. I mean, you don't even have to look for it. You know, when you, Mm -hmm. you, if you can just, if you're kind of in tune with whatever the emotions are at the table, you know, like you're in it right now, like that's, you know, you found it. Right. Yeah. Um, So, so that's the kind of stuff I think about trying to get out of people, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think, and I should say that's probably more true for, you know, mature, well-developed campaigns like we have going on right now. Yeah. You know, we're, we're now 39, 40 episodes into this <laughs> <laughs> thing that like we're right up against the end, you know, I can't believe um, it's how long <laughs> we've been able to keep it going. I know. I know it's, it's been great. Everybody's energy has just really made it drive, but that, those are the things I think about now, I guess, because I know that I did all the homework and, you know, at least for me in terms of prepping, I've read the module mm-hmm. cover to cover probably. I mean, I've sat down and read it at least two or three times just straight wow. through. Yeah. I'm just, you know, since it came out a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and then the rereads, I mean, who knows how many times I've reread bits <laughs> <laughs> just trying to do it, but that's. You know, so I feel really comfortable. I, anything that I, when we open up a room, I'm just, it's a refresh. It's not really, oh, what's going on in here? Uh, yeah. I better come up with something. You know, there's not too much of that going on. So Nicholas, um, uh, he sent me a question. And I think that that ties back into it. So what do you do um, to prepare for a session? And do you feel like you're prepared um, talking about reading for a session? If you've got an idea of where the story is going to go that night, how do you prepare yourself for when the players just take a complete left turn and go in the total opposite direction of where you thought they were going to go? Yeah. I mean, I think so. One one thing you can do to kind of practically prep for that is I, I like to have just a little, um, I don't know, maybe a half a dozen just ideas that are little sketches off to the side mm-hmm. that are sort of story agnostic, you know, that sort of work anytime but I've already thought them through a little bit and maybe it's not in the black and white of the text, but I can just be like, well, maybe that's interesting there. And I'm not totally improving. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, like I could just be like, Hey, you know, what's interesting is, um, I don't know. Um, maybe there's a demon who's, you know, sitting in the park and they probably should try to fight him. But what if all he wants to do is argue philosophy, (laughs) (laughs) right? Something like that. And it sort of fits anywhere. Right. And you can theme it up on the fly. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's that's kind of one thing you can do. There certainly have been some things like that. I won't tell yet which ones. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Afterwards, we should do a full recap of this, this yeah. amazing adventure. And, and I thank you so much for for putting it together, for for making Curse of Strahd and, and just carrying us through it, because it, it can't happen without your passion and enthusiasm. And that's something else that the dungeon master has to have. Like sometimes you can push through and like, Hey, I, I made a commitment to do this, but if you, it's really hard to do if you don't have the passion for it. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And it, it's it's kind of funny because I think back and just go like, man, I felt like for six months or there or so I was like trying to pull teeth. I was like, will you guys please play this game with me? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I know. It's so good. I love it so much. And it was just getting the right group and the timing and everything down like to finally do it. Right. Yes. And now it's like, oh my God, how did we not do this? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, how, how to go without it, you know? Right. Right. Like now it's just such a part of our, you know, every couple of week routine that. <laughs> yes. It's I part of our life. That. I can't imagine like when it ends, like what I'm going to do when on my lunch breaks, I'm going to have to sit there and like, <laughs> read news or. <laughs> do, do oh God, the reading the news. <laughs> let's, let's not, let's not go into the, the news at all. I, I have been able to avoid it lately, which is great. And I'm so, I feel like my life is just so much better when I can just mm. stay away from the BS. I, uh, I agree, and I will not. <laughs> I won't even put a toe in that water. This is way more fun. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, what about physically? What do you like? Uh, documents, cards. What do you do beforehand? Yeah, I used to. Um, I used to have a little cheat sheet that would have little things that I just wanted to be able to remember quick, like what's a goblin's armor class, mm-hmm. how many hit points does that NPC have, you know, just little quick stuff that I didn't want to have to look up. Yeah. Um, but I mean, recently I've really made a hard push to just go digital on everything. Yeah. You know, so, so generally when we're having those warm up moments and it's the first 10 or 15 minutes after we sign on, I'm just pulling up a hundred different tabs in my browser and just going like, okay, this monster might pop up. I know I have this NPC stats. Here's somewhere where I can search for spells quick, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, sort of, sort of ready to go. Um, but that's all just become super easy just with D and D Beyond. You know, it's made it a little bit easier. Oh um, man, it's so great! <laughs> and I used to have that one that I paid the thirty bucks a month for, and this everything's on D and D Beyond now. Instead of paying the thirty bucks a month, you just buy the books. You know, right. and so, but for thirty dollars a month, you're getting a book. Mm-hmm. You know, if you for the same amount of money, you could be spending on D and D Beyond. It's such it's, a, a, it's an unbelievable bargain. I mean, it really know. is. I wonder how, like, I'm curious about just the economics of it, like not buying the physical medium. What, what is cut out, you know, like how many truck drivers, you know, had to change jobs because of this, you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting. Or like, you know, what's the carbon footprint of not printing. Right. You know, versus, <laughs> versus like server space. Mm-hmm. You know, like how yeah. many servers does D&D Beyond need to have running at any given moment? You know, and how much how much does that cost to cool that building? Yeah, I think um, you and I have had this discussion for, but we yeah. both got we've got a procriv- proclivity for, you know, hard media. Yes. You know, just, just from just because I like tactile things, mm-hmm. you know. But God, <laughs> <laughs> convenience of an iPad is like, oh, yeah, <laughs> unparalleled, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like to have both, you know, playing a lot of Warhammer. I'll buy the books digitally because there's, because then I've always got the book in my pocket wherever I go. Uh, and I can, like, if I have a, a question about a, a particular army or a book, you know, then I, it's right there. But when I'm out and someone wants to see the rule quickly, I like to have a physical copy in my hands. But I don't want to buy it twice, so I end up uh, printing out just the important pages and putting that yeah. in a three-ring binder. Um, so I, I could see doing the same thing. You ever do that? 
Yeah, so I think, you know, so the other thing, it's easy to go revisionist history and forget that 5e was out for like three years without D&D Beyond. Yeah. <laughs> like we had, they had all this stuff that was meant to be, you know, mostly digital content and then also books. That's kind of what, obviously they released it, you know, in the last few years. So everybody knew yeah. it was going to be hard to get people to buy books no matter what. So they had mm. to have a digital model, right? Yeah. Um, and then the first, their first pass at it just never got off the ground and then they had to go back and yeah. D&D Beyond eventually became a thing. You know, I can't think of anything better to eat a chicken wing in than a good quality t-shirt. Good quality t-shirt over my body. I don't even need a fucking napkin. I got sleeves, bitches. And you know where I go to get my t-shirts? I go to teespring.com. Those are the t-shirts that'll take care of your chicken wing addiction, even if you do keep it at one in your wallet. You know, just for prosperity. Go to teespring.com forward slash Warlando dash <laughs> two. Um, I can't tell you the gateway just crashed basically. Oh, wow. So I just, but you know, it's electronics. So I just take the power out, put the power back and here we go. <laughs> it's so like, I, I just electronics in general. So I'm, we're just coming back from a brief hang up. I'm recording again uh, oh. because the, uh, your internet crashed before this i turned on my computer and the computer wasn't seeing my audio console at all mm. and so i turned the console off and back on and eventually i just restarted the whole computer and turned it back on and there it was everything in life can be solved with a reboot <laughs> if only it were so easy right <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so great man i wish i could lose a few pounds reboot oh there it goes there it is back to default mode <laughs> <laughs> the default mode was the body i had when i was 18 yeah. so mm -hmm. all, all the options off those options that i took you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i just i went through i i defragged my midsection mm -hmm. and uh here we are yeah, no, I had to upgrade to the uh, brain processor because it was starting to fall off. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. Now I've got all my memory back. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, where were we? Where were we? Uh, we were talking about the transition to digital and whether or not to rely on digital media. Right, right. So I, that's where I was going with was in the space and the gap between, you know, when 5e launched, which is when I really started DMing a lot more and cause I, and tell me if you don't think this isn't accurate, but when 5e launched, like I picked it up and ran with it as far as people in our group. Oh, absolutely. Down the road. Yeah. Um, so I was the one kind of poking everybody all the time. Like, Hey, wouldn't you like to play? Isn't this cool? You know, sort of yeah. <laughs> trying different versions of groups to find people that wanted to get together and stuff like that. It's um, tough to find, particularly if you're trying to bring in new people, it's tough to find that right mix. Yeah, you know, because yeah, you can be really good friends with someone and not want to game with them, right? Those yeah, missed, right. And this game isn't for everybody, right? You know, and and it does like some people will it'll click, and other people it just takes a minute, you know, or or not at all. Yep. Yeah, like that's uh, trying to get my wife to play is a pretty good example, right? Yeah. Like, like man, like I, I, if I can just get almost no mechanics in there. Like maybe roll a dice every 20 minutes. Yeah. Then she's <laughs> game. the right amount for her, right? Yeah. <laughs> if we just sit there and make up a story together, like super fun, right? Yep. 
<laughs> yeah. Rules, it's like, well, oh, you're, you're crushing my hopes and dreams, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I trust me. I know. <laughs> um, but, but what I was going to say is they're in that period. And I think it kind of hit its peak when we did like a, we did like a marathon weekend and we tried to run just the giant dungeon Mm. At the end of uh, what was the module called? Um, it was oh, Chol- Tomb of Annihilation. Yes, Tomb of Annihilation. Yes. So we all got together one weekend over at your place and like, tried to epically push through and do the whole dungeon. We got about halfway through, which I felt like was That's respectable. Pretty good in a like two twenty-hour sessions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's about right too. Um, I when we were playing, just to have like a different perspective of what serious gaming is. We were playing that one night and uh, Nick and Jamie and who else was with us? I think Scott, Scott came over. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, ah, better call it a night. I'm like, what are you talking about? The sun isn't even up yet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's again, maybe the, maybe it's the people don't like playing with us because we want to play till five in the morning. I know. <laughs> Uh, a 30 hour session just sounds like heaven. <laughs> yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe we're the problem. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I think that's quite probable. <laughs> we just want to, we just want to dive right in and just roll around in it. Yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah. some people just want to stick a toe in. They just want a little appetizer, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, or so, in digestible chunks. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but that was probably the peak of my like, prepping for a session with like heavy duty, like materials, right? Like everything tactile, right? Yes. I had, oh, when you were drawing uh, those maps. Oh my God. Like, and I still got them. Anytime you guys want to play that, let me know. It's got 30 <laughs> hours to spare. <laughs> that might be like a, yeah, something we should plan. But I remember going with that and like I had, I read, cause we ran that, like it wasn't probably like a week or two after the book came out. So, like, I binged it. I read the whole book, like, cover to cover in, like, the first week and then said, all right, we're just going to run the dungeon for this weekend that we were planning, right? Yeah. And uh, and so I started prepping, and I had I had the book. I had literally, like, color-coded Post-it notes, like, that were, you know, like, I had, like, yellow for, like, A to, you know, F or something. Yeah. Um, for monsters, so I could kind of quickly figure out where I wanted to go. Um and we should say, like, I'm also, like, an engineer, so I have super OCD, like, bookmarking <laughs> problems that, that have come from years of taking standardized tests. Um, but <laughs> that's where some of that stuff, uh, that anal, anal retentive nature comes from. But I, um, I love to be surrounded by three-ring binders. Mm. I, just want, I just want everything in a three-ring binder. Yeah. I want to create for, for, my own table of contents. That's I'm not an engineer, but that's what I learned in school. You know, at university was just making a binder and turn it in at the end of the year and you know, I, yeah. there's something about it that's so satisfying. It it is nice. For me, my version of that is you know, an an already bound reference manual, you know, like Ooh. a few you know, a few hundred pages, maybe in the eight or nine hundreds, and then like like I said, little color coded tabs. On not just on the side, but also like top and bottom. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can't, they can't overlap. That drives me crazy when they overlap. You have to move one. No, no, you have to, it's very, very precise work. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, So I had the player's handbook, the um, dungeon master's guide, and the adventure book all tabbed that way. So in the monster's manual, 
had I worked with monsters I knew I needed to be able to find quick because we were going just be able to pop right to them. And that worked out pretty good. And then I had all these maps. I bought a bunch of grid paper and like um, I basically recreated all the maps from the book. You know, I just counted grid spaces and traced in pencil and then did in Sharpie and then drew in some fun <laughs> stuff. too. Right? <laughs> it was beautiful. It was a work um, of art. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you like rows and columns, I mean, <laughs> come play in my game. <laughs> like the Excel spreadsheet of D&D. <laughs> I'm sure. Like if anybody's listening to this and they're not into it, they're listening to the wrong show. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. If you don't want to, if you're not into Hex, and by the way, we should definitely say Hex is clearly superior to Grid. Why? Hmm? In every way? I think for for tactical gaming, I think so. You know, I don't know if I've ever played Hex. So I think I think the reason I think that is if you're actually trying to represent physical movement, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and actually be pretty accurate with scale, right? Yes. If you allow diagonal moves, like that's not actually a scale move of one square, right? So one yeah. square diagonal, you're going farther. And you'd be if you went horizontal or vertical. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So like, yeah, you don't I feel like uh, on just playing you, grid, you get the hypotenuse for free. And that's that's chaos. Like, nobody wants that. <laughs> you definitely sound like an engineer right now. <laughs> um, so and doing things on um, hex just gets away from that. So yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. <laughs> Um, so you guys can see obviously how, why, why I'm being interviewed on how you should prep because it's, it's all numbers, <laughs> the most boring version of like a fun game, right? <laughs> you, you know, but the numbers are a part of it and maybe that doesn't, it's not, uh, something that grabs everybody, but building characters and seeing like, Oh, seeing the combos and seeing how to min max your character sheet and, and the power gamer side, that's a totally valid way to play. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, no, there's nothing wrong with that, I think. Um, um, and that's certainly how I played when I first started. You know what I mean? I was oh, like, yeah. oh, I see, I see the math. It's all numbers, right? Yeah. And that, that was, I was like, all right, I should, do, I should definitely do this because that'll give me the best chance to be more efficient in combat, right? Yep. Um, but then you start role playing and you're like, oh, mm, oh, okay. sometimes it's nice to be the yeah. dummy in the group or sometimes it's nice to be the weak one that needs help. Or you realize, like, the best memories you have aren't critical hits. They're critical misses. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> the stuff all the stuff though. you remember at the end, right? Oh, yeah. And there's, there's something with human nature there, right? Because, like, there's the thing with poker players. Like, they can never tell you about this epic hand they won. But there's that one they lost where they just got a bad beat, you know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can so. totally see that. I, I definitely don't. And maybe this is just me. I, I don't normally wake up in a in a cold sweat thinking about the uh, street basketball games I won. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that time uh, Johnny from down the block blocked your shot and made fun of you like that was dramatic. Right? Oh, God. <laughs> Damn you, Johnny. <laughs> so uh, going into Curse of Strahd. You've been taking us through the castle, and uh, there may be for anybody listening, there may be some Curse of Strahd spoilers. So, um, you might not want to listen to the rest of the episode if you are planning to play Curse of Strahd as a player and you haven't yet. But I, I don't, if you think you're getting, if you're thinking you're going to say something spoilery, Matt, just say spoilery, 
or spoiler. <laughs> it's yeah, than I think so. So just to frame it, it shouldn't be a spoiler that <laughs> that the module has an evil vampire lord as a central character and he lives in a castle like so you're good there so far you, there you go <laughs> so going into the castle and we talked about it a little bit because i know this is a big undertaking when you've got a room with four doors and you don't know which door your characters are going to walk through yeah. you, you don't know which way they're going to go and in the book the book is set up page by page in a linear fashion where this room's on this page this room's on this page but not necessarily in the same order your characters are going to walk through the castle. So how did you deal with that? Yeah, so that's that's a great question. I, I worried about it for a long time before we ever got there. That was the first way I dealt with it. I just had major anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> we, we should also say, I don't want to give people the wrong impression. We talked about grids and hex and stuff like that, but we're doing this whole campaign just theater of the mind. Yeah. Like there's there's very rarely something to look at on the screen that says like you are here. Um, it's mostly like 99% of the time me describing there's a room and here's the ways you can get out of it. And here's what it looks like. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the book is organized kind of the way you described, Mm -hmm. but here's the problem. The website is organized just like the book. All right. Yeah. And what that basically means is, is a, this is actually a drawback of the digital side of things is it's, you know, room one in the castle is at the top of the page. Scroll all the way down to the same web page to room 89. Right? <laughs> so, like, I'm, you guys probably hear me scrolling, 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 like, all yeah. the time trying to find this spot. And there's some, like, cross links and some table of contents and jumps and stuff, but um, it's, it's, it's kind of rough there. So, luckily, there's somebody who apparently had the same problem and thinks about things how I do. And they produced this masterful flowchart that's like o- organized across the thing. And I can, that's usually my first reference is, okay, I know we're in room 54. The different possible places this could connect to are, you know, 36, 50, 22, and one, right? Yeah. And then, so if I'm going to prep for a session, then I say like, all right, I'm going to read those rooms. The next rooms that they could go to, I'm going to read all those again and mm-hmm. then sort of see where I think they might end up based on that, um, based on kind of what I know about the characters and what their motives are. Does that make sense so far? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, you can say, like, just as a, like a subset of things to do to prep for a session is to Google search, you know, what, el- what else is out there that people have already made, what tools are already out there. Yeah, and... And the Dungeon Masters Guild, which is also attached to that stuff, is that's exactly where I found this thing. That's a great mm-hmm. little resource. A lot of times people put stuff on there for free or for a buck. I think I bought that flowchart for a dollar or two. Wow. Which I'm totally good with, you know, like uh, it's oh, just yeah. it's absolutely like worth somebody's time and effort. They earned um, that. So there's 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 that element of it is just sort of reading and like, you know, having the tactile part of it figured out. But the other advantage I really had, which I haven't talked about too much because I don't want you guys um, being tempted to go <laughs> spoil things for yourselves, but I also listened to at least two different podcasts that were like playthroughs of Curse of Strahd. Somebody recorded it and put it out there. Yeah. Um, and that was fun because that was, you know, some of the stuff I just stole directly and blatantly. You know, some of the things I was like, ooh, I can see us having that problem. I should think about that ahead of time. Um, stuff like that. So, so I definitely, you know, had 
a couple of different um, ideas of how certain mechanics that are special to that adventure might play out ahead of time and and uh, set you guys up to kind of get the maximum benefit out of them. And I'll get I'll give a good example here because this isn't too spoilery, um, but there's werewolves in this adventure. <laughs> yeah, right? in in <laughs> a in a horror themed uh, fantasy adventure, there's werewolves. Shocker! I know. I know. Um, <laughs> and and so the mechanic in D and D is if you are to get bit by one of these werewolves, you make a Constitution saving throw to see if you contract lycanthropy, if you're going to become a vampire. Right. And yeah. Every saving throw for all time, the players make the saving throw and they say, Dungeon Master, I got a 15. He says, you passed, you failed, whatever, based on how hard it is. But if you remember when you guys were fighting the werewolves and somebody got bit, I took that role behind the screen. Yeah. And I said, like, OK, there's there's a number. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I really like that. Have you watched any of uh, Deborah Ann Wolves? playthroughs no i haven't you should send them to me i will uh she's uh an actress and a celebrity DD dungeon master and uh she does all of the skill checks herself behind a curtain and i wow. think yeah we talked about this um uh for taking the dice out of the player's hands and how that can be something that maybe you don't want to do but there's something to be said for okay you just check the room for traps you you think there aren't any traps and you don't yeah. know what she rolled high or low right yeah that really like forces you to you know, play play honestly you know without yeah, having yeah, there, the there, yeah you don't there's no honor system in the middle there right you know which is right it's it's tough too i mean it's not just like Oh, we got to watch out for these cheaters. You know, it's not really that so much. It's Are you talking about cheating dungeon masters? <laughs> no, I mean, um, you know, so like what I'm thinking of is, you know, a player who's like, oh, I failed my perception check. Yes. And then you're like, OK, well, you step on the trap and they're like, well, I rolled low, so I'm just not going to go that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to walk down that hall. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, super meta, like that kind of stuff. That's actually pretty rare in my experience i don't think people do that very much <laughs> but no i think with like mature players that don't know the need to cheat i i i do that though <laughs> <laughs> well I, and i guess the, the, there's something to be said to you were trying to play your character honestly of course yeah you know, but it's tough still too to like you know like i know that i didn't roll well Right. And yeah. like to get yourself into there other than just like, OK, I accept my low roll and I take damage. Right. Yes. Um, because there's not just things that are as cut and dry as finding a trap. You know, like right. I like to use insight a lot as a mm -hmm. role. Like like can you like look at this situation socially and sort of see between the lines. Right. Yeah. Type of stuff. And that's like a whole different thing because that's going to affect how you approach it as a group. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, how are you going to deal with, you know, this this person who's, you know, being unscrupulous, you know, or might be or you think is being unscrupulous, but you lo you rolled low. So you don't know that they are. Right. Yeah. Like that's that's a, that's a whole different gray area. So I love that approach. I think that that's a really cool way to 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 uh, to play. Um, I'd want to try it out before committing to like a campaign that way. Yes. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, give it like like maybe do a one shot 
at some point to get a feel for it. Yeah, and just take everything behind the screen. Maybe let players roll damage or something like that. Damage or maybe like athletics and acrobatics, but those things that are roles to discover a secret or to discover information, you know, that like secret information. Um, yeah, it might be interesting to do. I could see even doing it for something like an intimidation check where you're trying to intimidate someone to show you the right way and you don't know if they're acting intimidated or if they're actually intimidated and maybe they're going to lure you into a trap because they're not intimidated. Yeah. You know, but like athletics and acrobatics, um, something lock picking, like those things where it's just a, a physical skill check and you immediately see the result. I don't think you need to hide that, but the secret stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think, it, I think it's also, it's interesting to think about how I would create a character going into a game for if I know that knew that that's how things were going to be. Yeah. Right? You know, I think like my initial reaction would be, I, I would probably stay away from the min max area because I'm probably not going to even know what the checks are. Yes. You know, I'm not, it's just, there's no need to announce it at that point. Right. Right. You don't even say, Hey, I'm behind the screen making an insight check. You're just, just some dice roll. And yeah. Okay, what you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I would be, I think my tendency would be more to just like, I don't have any information, so I'm just going to do something interesting and, or funny or ridiculous or, uh, <laughs> you know, just something that I've always and, wanted to do. Whatever, yeah. Right. Just, and, and or just, yeah, just play the character. Yep. Yeah. I, um, my current character, I don't have a high wisdom. It's, I don't feel like it was a dump stat, but it definitely wasn't uh, one of my better stats. And so, I there's a lot of those soft skills tied to wisdom. It, it makes me nervous every time I have to make any kind of insight check or perception check because I don't have that bonus to it. So I did spend my skills instead of, you know, ramping up something else. I, I have to put my my skill points into those areas because my my actual number isn't there. Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. And. I've once or twice gone to just like one day events with just, I tried to come up with a build where everything was more or less flat. Yeah. You know, this, the, the things that would have been dump stats, I kind of did other things to bump them up. So get everything pretty good. No real weakness, no real strength. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of a similar effect. Like that's interesting, you know, um, mm -hmm. I will, I don't know. Um, we should try it. Um, I'm yeah. thinking about it a whole bunch of different ways here and it's, and now I, the thought I had was, I don't know if fifth edition is the best system for that. Yeah. I, I think, think there's other simpler systems like with less crunch that might be better. Yeah. I don't know. I, th I think it, you can use it in fifth. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. Without a character sheet in front of me, I think, I think it must work and it seems to work on her shows. Yeah. I, I probably need to watch and see how she's done it. Um, yeah. I'll, it. I'll share them with you. <laughs> think about yeah um. so that's one set of tools you get your your online tools from the D, &D community uh has has there been any, uh any session where you're like man i wish i got i had prepared this in advance yeah a, a couple of times i i hate having downtime when everybody's into it and trying to like scroll through to find a map that's the other part of it too is I'm usually panning around on the maps that I do have 
you know, while you guys are, are navigating and I'm trying to describe it for you. Yeah. And I've had to do a ton of just little, um, making little folders and snipping bar, um, pieces of maps out and just mm-hmm. labeling them in a way that I can find them quickly and go like, Oh, that's how this stairwell connects to a bunch of stuff, you know, so I can have a quick visual aid. Yeah. And I found I haven't always thought that through as well. So I'm just mm-hmm. going, it ends up with a, you know, 15 or 20 or 30 seconds of dead air going like, Oh, hang on guys. Let me, let me figure this out. So I get it right. You know, that's not, that's not a problem though. I mean, like I understand how you feel that way, but I think players, you, it, it sucks breaking the, the fourth wall and, and forcing people to, to lean back for a minute, but it, everybody's accepting of the, the wealth of knowledge you have to bring and nobody's expecting you to know everything all at once. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I don't, I don't feel pressure from the players. It's more just like, you know, in, in the format that we're doing this too, where it's, we're sort of setting this up as like a weekly TV series, right? Like that's yeah. the feel that we want. And, you know, so you want it in that format, you want it to feel more seamless, right? You mm-hmm. want it to feel like there's, you know, um, even though we're making it up as we go, that there's a natural rhythm and a flow to it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I totally understand the pressure is coming from my side and, you know, most of the time, you know, it's, it's, you know, fine. And I've thought it through. Um, but I do wish the maps were easier to manage. I mean, what mm-hmm. I really want is like a completely, uh, rendered 3d model that I can zoom through and walk around in Yes, <laughs> on my desktop, like a, like a CAD drawing. You know I'd be I mean? at this point, I'd be surprised if someone hadn't done that. Maybe as like a, uh, probably as like a doom or mod or a first person shooter mod, you know, that, yeah. that exists somewhere. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I definitely want like a, in those of you that know anything about the construction industry, a Revit model of mm-hmm. <laughs> the Castle Ravenloft would be pretty epic to, to do just as a fun project, but I don't want to know how many hours that would take. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, and I guess there is, there are tools like D and D um, um, no, what's the, the one that has the maps on it that you can, uh, we considered using this for Curse of Strahd. Um, oh, D20? Yeah, Roll20. Roll20. Yeah. Yeah, that one, which I've played a couple of campaigns through on that, and that's a ton of fun. Um, it sort of automates a lot of things, and you have the ability to at least show everybody floor plans and everybody moves around realistically. Yeah. You know, but it, there's a there's a pretty steep learning gap there. Like, And we had a lot of new players in this campaign, so it would have been not only like learn Dungeons & Dragons – but also right. like figure out how to use this whole uh, kind of web interface, right? Right, <laughs> and then just stuff. just to and have to, yeah, not just get the interface, but then get the technology, the hardware to actually use it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and even when I have played with with people who've spent like thousands of hours on their planet, there's there's still a little bit of like what I was describing earlier, which is like, oh, hang on, guys, I gotta get the lighting setting right. I'll be right back. You know, when they're popping in and changing things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, there's no real. Until we're able to just like build, you know, a 12th scale model, you know what I mean? And everybody has time yes. to do that. that. That like pulls apart and becomes floor plans and is easy to use. <laughs> or right. we're completely sucked into the matrix and we can actually play through that way, which. Yeah, right. Which is, <laughs> that's what um the, uh, that's what Tracy Hickman, who's the guy that wrote Curse of Strahd, or not Curse of Strahd, mm-hmm. but he wrote the original Ravenloft adventures. I saw him at Dragon Con and that's basically what he's working on these days. 
Oh, that's cool. This full blown VR like company, like he's the writer for it. And, you know, you step into this room and it's it's part physical and it's part VR, you know, and yeah, all this stuff. So not to get too far off on a tangent, but yeah, that's that's the (laughs) that's the take the red pill version of (laughs) what we're trying to get to. Right. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah. And it's not too far off. You know, we keep getting closer to it. Yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, I, I can't wait. I mean, <laughs> a full blown, <laughs> a full blown digital version of uh, Castle Ravenloft that I can walk around in sounds like something I would, I would empty my bank account for. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. Um, any other uh, prep that you do? I think, you know, I guess. So I, I meant to get back to this. I, I talked a lot about how I prep for sessions, like in a mature, well-developed campaign. Yes. Know how things are going on. But, you know, there, I think really the, the hardest part of the work was, you know, that, that before session one time, right. The preparation for like starting up a campaign Mm. because, you know, it's, it's easy to sit down and play D and D for an afternoon and you play a quick adventure and, uh, and that's fun. And I like doing that. That's a good way to try stuff out, you know, but, you know, I think, for us, the cherry on the tree is like this, the full campaign, right? Like characters that yeah. on, have an actual, you know, full blown arc and, you know, achievements and disappointments and, you know, right and left turns and all the things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we were, you know, when I was sort of organizing this campaign or we kind of had everybody bought in at the front of this thing, um, after and I had read the module a couple times at this point and sort of knew where I thought I wanted to go with the story. Um, uh, the first thing I did, if y'all remember, was I said, you know, well, just make your character right. That's the easy yeah. part. If you need help, like let's get all your characters on the sheet. But then I sort of just I wanted to riff off some small thing that you all came up with on your character, and I got back a a varied you know assortment of stuff. So I said, tell me a little bit of something about your character. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think you, you sent me a text or a Slack message or something like that with a, with a kind of a sketch of an outline of who this person is like, not mechanically, but you know, as a character, Yeah, you know, your, your dad like hand wrote out <laughs> this, <laughs> this like epic creative backstory, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I got, um, you know, Mark, I was really busy at the time at work. So I just got back a couple of quick things, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, other folks got more and more into it, but then, so then I took a little bit of what y'all gave me and then what I knew about the adventure and then picked, you know, this would be interesting to see what that character did if they were somehow tied to the plot this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I did that sort of for everybody. And then that became a version of something that I wrote about a paragraph or so that I sent to everybody. And you know, for your character, it was the ring, right? That you yeah. had, uh, mm-hmm. which we sort of came up with collaboratively because, you know, for Mark, it was, he had this song that he couldn't get out of his head, you know? Yeah. Um, there was, you know, a couple of different, well, uh, your dad's character Talbot had, you know, a strange tattoo, right. That he didn't know yeah. was about. Um, and in my mind, all that stuff was meant to trigger, in specific chapters of the book or with specific monsters or in role-playing moments and things like that. So that's sort of how the skeleton of the campaign came to be because I knew that I kind of wanted you guys to mostly take 
a track like this, you know, not do these things in this order because that's not fun, mm-hmm. you know, but but we're going to set off in this direction. Right. And there's options and branching forks and paths along the way. But, you know, we're, we're, I don't want you I don't want to give you the impression that you need to start off at level one and go right to the castle. Right. Like that wouldn't make any sense, you know. Um, yeah. Um, so so that was the most fun part of the prep for me, because that's really just pure writing. Right that's just riffing off each other. So, I mean, what, what, is that how it felt to you when we were sort of working through that? Yeah. I, I, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought that each character, you were able to give each character a story arc, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's hopefully that's come across. And I mean, some of them are just now, you know, coming to fruition or seeing like where Mm -hmm. it was going, you know? Um, but there was, I sort of wanted that you have an initial thing and then there's a development somewhere along the way. And then there's, you know, a confrontation, right? So like that one, two, three step, you know, yeah. Initial mystery twist or development, then like final confrontation and resolution. Right. Yes. That, that structure sort of made sense to me. And, and it was simple enough, you know, to, to build the story around that because then I started doing the math and saying, all right, well, we have six characters and I probably need at least an episode for each of them, for each of those three parts. Right. Yeah. Or at least a part of an episode where you focus on that. So right now without any other major stuff and combat, you're 18 episodes, more or less. Right. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I, was, I was already going like, Hmm, this is going to take a while. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's sort of how I think about it. And it doesn't always work out that way, but I think most of the time it's, you know, this week, this character is going to have the spotlight on them, you know, um, and I think that keeps that sort of keeps everybody fresh and involved. You know what I mean? And it's certainly not a hard, you know, structure like if, if where we were going doesn't make any sense, then we then we improv our way through it. But um, that really helps me plan it out as sort of I've heard it described as just just put some put some tent poles in the ground and we don't know what the tent's going to look like yet, but <laughs> yeah, we got to use these four or five things to like build something around it. Right. Yeah. Um, so that, that was probably, um, the most important part of planning this campaign to me because that, I mean, honestly, now I don't really prep for sessions too much. If yeah. I'm being honest with you, like I know where we're going, you mm-hmm. know, but I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I know, I've, I've read it so many times and I kind of know where these characters are going. Like I, I, there's only, you know, um, at this point we're toward the end. So I just, I'm, I'm not that worried. I kind of know where it's going to go. Just when it happens, it happens, you know, and that's yeah. sort of, I want it to, I'm way more concerned about it feeling genuine and satisfying for you all because, you know, for me it's, it's payoff because like I get to see, you know, this, this vision for a story come out, you know what I mean? And, but yeah. I want it to be satisfying for y'all and not just, you know, sort of feel sidecar, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the expression sidecar. You mean like so the, like, like I'm, I'm driving the motorcycle and you guys are just kind of riding along, right? Yes. Definitely don't want that feeling. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, and, and because I'm not prepping at this point, I'm just letting you guys drive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, which is great. It's, it definitely shows. It definitely shows that you're you, you're you're comfortable in this world, in this space, and it's real to you. And because it's real to you, it's real to us. Good. 
That's great. I think I think the biggest problem I've got is this herd of non-player characters <laughs> <laughs> that, that I'm constantly like they're all super interesting and we went to great lengths to develop them and have their own personalities. Yeah. <laughs> they we we've have a a pretty substantial entourage with us. Yeah. But I I'm constantly struggling to keep the spotlight off of them and on y'all. You know yeah. what I mean? And with it, six main players in the group, you know, that, that takes most of the bandwidth of the time we have, right? And the these characters, too, the NPCs that are with us are all these, like, high-level characters that yeah. you know, they could handle, probably handle this adventure on their own without us. Yeah. You know? Except that they all did get killed or and had to be resurrected or... Right. Right. Well, like crunch wise, you look at them and go like, oh, my God, they have like spells that we won't we would never see. You know what I mean? For many levels. Right? Yes. You know, yeah. but, you know, the story being what it is, is like, yeah, they tried that. Didn't work out too good. Right. 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 <laughs> so, so maybe maybe they uh, need you all more than you think. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. I'm really, really having such a great time in the campaign. And I'm really excited to see how how it does wrap up when we we finally get to the man himself yeah yeah um yeah the fight will be interesting you know but i think you know i guess that maybe two more these are fun things that i try to prep too is just to keep you know to keep it fresh for me like <laughs> well the one thing i've talked about before <laughs> i really like the episode titles like that's just yeah so you're having fun <laughs> <laughs> well you're like bob's burgers with his burger of the day <laughs> that's exactly what it's like and like all like you know usually like uh if i start to get more than like three or four days after we do an episode and i haven't put a plot recap out there you know or i haven't like said to everybody like yeah here's what happened here's the loot you got add it to your character sheet whatever um it's it's i only haven't done it because i don't let myself release any of that stuff until i know what the episode title is awesome <laughs> so i kind of like force myself like you better know where you're going <laughs> before you put into the uh do any of the easy tasks right yeah <laughs> so <laughs> that's so, fun that that's a lot of fun and then i really enjoy looking for the cliffhanger too because pretty much every one of our episodes ends somewhere interesting right yes kind of like I, I usually think about it in terms of like the quantum leap moment like if you're a fan of the show from what, oh the yeah 80s. <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> like once he saves the day and, yeah and then it's like oh boy right at the end it's <laughs> <laughs> just some some twist like you end up dropped into a boxing ring or you know whatever right and, yeah and he, he'd always say oh boy yep <laughs> <laughs> um so that's that I, I, those are like the two super fun little writing bits that i like to come up with every week it's like okay you know <laughs> I, and it's harder to plan the it's a lot tougher to plan the uh um cliffhangers you know to yes get, get where you guys are gonna go right it's kind of like you, I imagine you just look at the clock and think, okay, where's, where's a good stopping point? Yeah. yeah. Usually when I know we got about 15, 20 minutes, you know, mm -hmm. but, but then sometimes it's like, man, there isn't one coming. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh boy, we're going to go late tonight because I don't know a good place. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely don't want to start a fight at, you know, 9 PM when you were planning to end it at, you know, no. 930. No, not at all. Um, 
Yeah. Well, you know, maybe let me, I'll, I'll twist it back around on you for a little bit. Like when you're thinking of, if you have an important session coming up and I yeah. think I try to do a good job of this is I, I try to give y'all a heads up like, Hey, this is going to be, uh, you know, a beyond your episode, your character. Yeah. You know, like say, Hey, it's going to be the spotlights on you. So maybe think a little bit about, you know, what you want to do with that time and how you want to develop it. And, and if you need help, let me know. But usually yeah. you guys are creative enough to, to handle it. Um, so, I mean, what do you, when, when you're thinking of stuff like that, like as a player, you know what I mean? What do players kind of do to prep for the session to sort of handshake it? Well, uh, as a player, I think the most important, a player, a thing a player can do is just know their character sheet. I, I think no equally important. I do think is knowing your character and what your character is going to do in certain situations, you know, like, and, and I, I think some of that you do kind of discover, about your character and about yourself as you continue to play, as it builds. But yeah, I think having to know, okay, what, what are my actions and D and D beyond, this isn't a commercial for D and D beyond, but D and D beyond makes that so easy that if you've got your character sheet up in front of you on the computer, you can hit actions and you can read your whole list of actions, you know, um, to know, know your spells, know your, um, as a battle master, knowing my, combat maneuvers i think those are the things a character can do to prepare and to prepare to be on time <laughs> <laughs> right you know which i i do my best with my uh skype calls from the car oh yeah everybody's been super punctual like this campaign it really has been great because that you know it's everybody that you play with is not like that you know true it's just like hey we're hanging out friday night like oh, i'll get there when i can yeah. You know, this is more right. of a just, but because it's so, it's so many people intersecting, you know what I mean? Um, True. It's really tough to get scheduled in the first place. And once we do get it and agree on a time, it's never any last minute cancellations. You know what I mean? It's like, if yeah. we, and if we, on the other side of that is if we do need to reschedule, like it's don't, don't worry about it. You just need to reschedule. Like there's no like, Oh, I'm right. already down zero of that. Like, okay, yeah. cool. We're moving it. That's yeah. the end of the story. Somebody couldn't do it. Right. Yeah. No resentment. You know, I think we've each had to cancel one too, you know. Everybody has at some point, right? Yeah. 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 People get sick. People have overtime. Stuff happens. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I guess I will say too, um, you know, I think some of the things like we, you know, back, I talked a little bit about when I was kind of poking you guys to try to get you to, to play Curse of Strive with me or just yeah. play more D&D in general, right? Kind of before we started this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you're when you're trying to get something like that up off the ground, I think it's all about, you know, overcoming barriers to being able to play. Yeah. Right. And so one of the things, you know, to these games that we love playing like is, you know, it's a barrier to family time because you're yeah. competing, you know, directly with like, hey, if I wasn't playing D&D tonight, I'd be hanging out with my wife, watching a movie or going to dinner. Yeah. You know, or, or doing doing something else. Right. Yes, there's you have to maintain a balance in life. You do, but it's so one of my favorite I mean, no, not one of this is my favorite thing about the campaign is that everybody is doing this with their family. Yes. And I don't mean that we're all family. That's a really I mean? keen I mean, observation. <laughs> yeah. I mean Adam's doing this with his dad. Yep. You know, Mark's doing this with his son, Nicholas is doing this with his wife, and that's the party. Yep. Right. So we're actually you know, using family time here. Yeah. We are getting quality time with our family while we play. Right. 
and it, it's even worked out. You know, the veteran gamers all have a newer person with them. So you're also yep. like mentoring them and teaching them the system mm-hmm. kind of as you go along. Or you were at first. Now everybody's a pro. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's amazing to me. If we were if we had a recording of episode one that we could go back and listen to where people were like, um, what do I do? Where, where's my dexterity? You know? Yeah. <laughs> And now everybody's like spell save DC 17, you know, versus wisdom, you know, <laughs> like, you know it's all the lingo and all this stuff. Right. Yep. Um, that's so awesome. that, that's been super fun for me. I even, man, I really tried hard to get my wife to like be a, not a constant presence, but I really wanted her to like pop in and out and have fun with it, but couldn't make it happen. No. Hey, yeah. but you know, it's, it's not her thing, but she loves all those other board games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We play games all the time together, but like I can't get her to I can't get her to sit down and commit to a campaign like this. Well, we got her in the one episode. And I'll, I'll give you this reveal because it's not going to be a yeah, it's never going to happen. But we had her pop in for like 15 minutes at one point to play the role of the gypsy fortune teller. Yes. Um, at one point of the campaign. And that was fun because nobody expected it. And because we have that forced perspective from Skype and everybody was like, everybody was like, well, wait, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and then my intention from there was like to have her sort of be, you know, the checkoffs gun, right? Like I put her in the front, so I better shoot her <laughs> at the end, right? And so I, I, like for months, I was just like, hey, you know, we could bring Madame Eva back this week. You know, you really, you know, I had an idea here. You want to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. And then the day of work, eh, I'm not into it. I don't want to. I want to put the makeup on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I tried hard to make yeah. everybody. <laughs> and she doesn't love being on camera either. No, no, she's not big on it. Yeah, like if she could be just audio, she probably would be fine with it. But yeah. Um, anyway, so I tried. It, it still takes away from my family time, I guess technically. <laughs> but but I, she, I, she at least she understands. She gets it. Totally. It'd be, yeah, she's not one of those people like, what are you doing? No. I, if if she didn't like it, it'd be hard to do it at all. You yeah. know, if she didn't like that you were doing it or, or didn't understand what it was. Right. And, and we should say she she played with us. She really did. Oh, yeah. Give it a hard, hard try. Like, she played a lot with us. She we did. Were, we were dungeon mastering. Um, oh, yeah. You know, she, you know, even though it wasn't her thing, like, she was like, but it's all my friends and I want to do it, you know, but... Yeah. At some point she was just like, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, that. it's totally fine to, to be forced into it. It's just no fun for you or anybody else, you know? Right. Right. Very, um, very lucky to have this amazing, like you said, this, this family of players. For sure. Yeah. It's great. And, um, yeah, I, I really think, um, I think more and more about, you know, how do we keep it going? Obviously when this does end, you know, um, yeah. we want to keep the group, you know, together, you know I mean? And obviously there should be a break there and a little bit of decompressed time. You know what I mean? And no pressure with the scheduling it. And do yeah. Something, something like a, all. like a season break, you know, like yeah. not like taking an entire season off in real time, but like thinking, like you said about a TV series, like that's the end of, you know, Maybe yeah. not season one, but that's the end of that season. That then we, you know, mentally get prepared for what the next season's gonna be. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Um, 
and you know we've we've talked a couple of different ideas that are thrown around out there. You know, I'd love to see some sort of rotating dungeon master thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. like you know, we just like say, hey, we're gonna get together seven times. You know what I mean? And this everybody gets one chance to run a game however you want for a couple hours. Like just don't care what system, what you know, rules, whatever you want. Just do something fun or funny, right? Yeah. There's a couple one-offs I want to do. I'd like to try the Rick and Morty. There's yeah. the um, Age of Sigmar RPG is going to be coming out soon, so I'd like to do a you know a one-off game master for that. Um, and I know I would love to finish up our uh, Star Wars oh, campaign yeah. we were in too. Man, yeah, that was like just getting hot, man. It, it was, was really, really fun. <laughs> we were going to do a street race into a heist <laughs> i know it was like we, we had all the setup done like, yes everything ready to go we were like getting ready for the action the big payoff <laughs> yes and then oh we gotta stop <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um i played a really fun one last weekend um it was a really simple system but you start off with like with four pre-generated characters yeah and the, and the whole thing is it's a horror set up so it's like it's literally a meat grinder like you're given four characters and told that you're given four because you're probably gonna a lot of them are gonna die yeah <laughs> because it's kind of like a um, a slasher setup you know what i mean it's like oh you missed one roll you died sorry yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh johnny we barely knew you right <laughs> that's an i, I want to play call of cthulhu too and that's supposed to be another one that's like that where yeah if you get in a knife fight with a one-armed hobo you might not live <laughs> <laughs> right just like the real life versions of people <laughs> yeah yeah it's like the real world probably pretty scary <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you in the real world walked around the corner and that was happening yeah i would not do well <laughs> nope <laughs> oh speaking of not doing well uh we played uh pop's birthday was yesterday so i i gave him uh blood bowl for the xbox one cool so we played that all afternoon today yeah and yeah that was that was a lot of fun but i i picked i tried playing the dwarves and he had the orcs and just anytime i moved i was just knocked cold turns over <laughs> you know yeah. oh yeah that guy's got a broken neck he's not coming back this game <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that game's a lot of fun i was uh yeah I, I was playing it on uh on my playstation um there for a little while and i uh I was just playing against the computer because I didn't have anybody to play one on one with. But um, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, it was a blast. I could not. I couldn't get past the elves on the. <laughs> oh, in the campaign. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Exactly. The story mode. I guess. Yeah. Um, you work your way up, and or, like, uh, they were they were crushing me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a fun game. That was really fun. <laughs> I really do like it though. Like the uh, the the mechanics are super interesting. Um, and they have a, you know, the story mode, they did a good job with like the voice acting and stuff like that. Like there's a pretty funny back and forth, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I really like the commentators, the sports commentators. Mm -hmm. Oh, speaking of sports commentators, last night we did our first live stream uh, of live game for uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar. Oh, really? Oh, I saw it pop up on the channel. Is that what that was? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, we recorded live. And so it's Nicholas and I on the sidelines kind of commentating slash heckling the players and they were here uh -huh. at my place 
oh, that's awesome. I didn't realize that's what you guys were doing. So I got to pop that on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please give it a listen. Uh, I'd love your feedback. And anybody else that's listening too, if you want to give us feedback about the podcast or the, what we're doing on YouTube, that's greatly appreciated. We'd definitely yeah. like to get some feedback from you guys. Oh, and I do want to say, as we're getting near the end of the episode, if you're a Warhammer Age of Sigmar player, uh, this coming Saturday, February 29th, there's a tournament at Campus Cards and Games 2 on that store is located on 436 in Orlando, right next to the Geek Easy. And uh, we are going to be live streaming all day long. Nicholas and I are going to be talking for nine hours straight wow. for this three-game tournament. Uh yeah, it's a big undertaking. And so if if you're listening to this, you want to support us, please do uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, YouTube channel. That's Orlando. And uh, please uh, watch the live stream. It's going to be going for nine hours on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> talk about prep that we have to do. Uh, there, I wanna, yeah, I'm gonna. I don't know if I can commit to watching all nine hours, but I want to. I want to get in at like hour eight and just see what's going on. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, we will be loopy, but we will see uh, any comments people make. We get to see them live. Cool. So I've been reading people. We were reading people's comments back, and YouTube has this neat function where if someone curses in a comment, I have the option of like showing the comment or not showing the comment. Okay. Uh, which I was showing all the comments, of course. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. I'm reading them out loud, too. So, <laughs> no, no family safe rating on this podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> Fuck families. We kind of <laughs> <laughs> Well, if they if they're listening to this and they haven't got that by now, then yeah, they should should stop listening to this. <laughs> Any, any, we didn't curse too many times. <laughs> any uh, last words, Mr. McHale? No, just, you know, thanks for talking me through it. I mean, um, it's just a pleasure to be able to, honestly, we talk about like, what do you do to prep and how do you get ready for all this stuff? And sometimes it can almost sound like a chore, you know, to get these whatever spreadsheets together or like reading all this stuff and making sure mm -hmm. you're on point and stuff like that. But honestly, like, I, I enjoy every minute of it, you know, and, uh, you know, any notes I make to myself and stuff like that is a nice, you know, break from whatever I'm doing. And uh, I, I think the biggest tip I could give everybody is I've never been successful trying to binge prepare. Yeah. It never worked for me. I think do it in little bits and snaps when you have the inspiration and when you feel like you want to do it, don't get up and in the morning on a Friday and go like, all right, I got four hours of reading to get through, you know, like <laughs> yeah. if you're, if, if, you know, that, that's going to be tough. Um, and so, I mean, I read the modules on my phone just all the time here and there. And that's, that's really how it happens is just uh, sort of, you know, mining my little in between moments for, for plenty of time. But, um, Thanks for the opportunity to come on. It's always a pleasure to chat. Oh man, thank you very much for coming on. Because that's that's such a true thing. If it's if if your hobby starts to become a chore, then you're going to lose all the joy. The whole point is to have fun. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. And uh, I think you do have more fun if you are well prepared at the end of the day. But if you waste all your energy just trying to get through some content, you know, then um, you know, just get creative with it. You know, maybe write your own. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Or just wing it, you know, and there's, there's no wrong answers. So long as everybody's having a good time. Yeah. If, if a chapter is just not catching you, you know what? Maybe you don't like that chapter. 
you know, don't feel like you need to read the thing. Yeah. You know? And, and maybe if you don't like it, if you don't like it, maybe yeah, well, nobody likes it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we're not going to play that chapter. <laughs> right. Yeah. Fun, right? Perfectly good answer. Yep. Absolutely. So, you know what we say when we sign off at the end of one of these episodes? I do. <laughs> this has been an episode of Warlando. Remember to like and subscribe to show your support. Thanks a lot for listening. <laughs>